Hey, y'all. Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just want to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grow Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to dudegrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's up, everybody? This is the first episode after Colorado legalization of the Dude Grow Show. Coming straight out of Denver, Colorado. Hanging with Scotty. How you doing, Scotty? Real? Uh, doing real good, dude. Doing real good smoking that legal weed. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah, man. It has been, you know, a great thing to see happen here in Colorado. We got plenty of news coming up. A little bit of news on legalization, of course. Uh, the gloves are off, man. The gloves are off. Hell yeah, the gloves are off, and um, yeah, shit is going on. Um, of course, uh, grower questions coming at you guys straight off the YouTube channel, plenty of those. This is going to be, uh, I always say it, but a heavy, heavy grow episode. We got a lot of questions about uh, growing organically versus synthetically. Me and Scotty are going to talk about hybriding it up. We both grow or kind of organic, organically and synthetically. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, definitely the best of both worlds in there. What's going on in your grow, Scotty? Oh, shoot. In my grow, I've uh, been popping some seeds. Actually got some uh, a seeds as a Christmas present a little bit, man. It's nice to have some friends. Got me some flow seeds and a little bit of auto flower. So I'm really excited about these auto flower seeds. One's called Auto Extreme from Dutch Passion. You ever hear of that? No, but I definitely have some questions for you on auto flower. That's an exciting realm coming in, in seed popping. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not an expert on it, but I'm definitely playing around with them, and uh, they're looking good. You know, I've done one auto flower before, and before I knew it, I had a big bud sitting in my bedroom. It's crazy. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm and, running into a little nitrogen deficiency myself over here. Uh, 30 days into flower, I've been trying to tackle some nitrogen deficiency being mainly organic grower. It's kind of tough, but I'll let you guys know how I handled that. And, yeah, um, definitely. Definitely interested to hear that. Hell yeah. Well, that's it, guys, for uh, the pre-show, and we're going to come right back. We're going to leave you the quick break here. Enjoy the uh, tunes. If you like what you're hearing, Dude Grows Show, just go to DudeGrows.com, man. It has it all there for you. Hit up with the videos, the YouTube channel, the free knowledge. Check out our show. We're on episode nine here, and we're going to keep it coming. Nothing slowing down with marijuana. Nothing slowing down with cultivation. And shit, we want you guys to grow your own. Isn't that how we say it? Grow your own? Hell yeah. Oh, it's fun. It ain't all that hard. And damn, it tastes good. <laughs> right on, Scotty. All right, we'll be right back, guys, with a good show of the Dude Grow Show hitting you up. 
noble barons unite. Let there be an end to violence and hatred. The time has come to have a king who will bring peace and justice. Uh, How will we choose such a king? All of us have an equal right to the king. I shall defend my right to the kingship with my sword. Gentlemen, gentlemen, your new king will be shown to you by a miracle. Follow me. The king. The king. He is the king. The king. He is the king. I'm going to take you to my castle. I shall see to it myself that you are well treated. There will be great rejoicing in the castle. Heal, noble lords. Pay homage to your sovereign king. The king. I am the king. The king. He is the king. The king. I am the king. The king. He is the king. I am your king. I command you to place the crown on a rightful head. Mine, your majesty. The king. He is the king. The king. He is the king. I am your king. I am your king. Well, I am king. I am the king. I hereby crown thee. He is the king. Oh, king, I very not. Very not. Very not. Your Highness. Highness? You you call me Highness? Yes, Your Majesty. Yo, we're back. We're back. Dude Grows Show. DudeGrows.com, guys. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Episode 9. Of course, check out 8765432 and 1. They're all awesome. Uh, you have a favorite? You have a favorite yet, Scotty? Yeah, everyone but one, you know? Yeah, nice. <laughs> yes. My co-host here, Scotty Real, was not in episode one, and it was a little... He told me that sounded a little lonely, so I was like, all right, well, hop on board, buddy. Uh, uh, I invited myself. Thank you very much. Nice. All right, I got to stop. I got to come up with new adjectives other than nice. When I say nice from now on, you just say, no, it's not nice, dude. <laughs> right. All right, what are we smoking today? What are we smoking? Oh, you know what? I've got a great buzz kick, and I'm actually – I'm not smoking shit, but I'm, I'm vaporizing some, uh, some Maui. I've actually got a cut of Maui. It came out of Netherland, uh, a clone-only cut. Not and, nice, not nice. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, unbe- Unbelievable, man. This stuff is really a great flavor. It's got this crazy fruity smell, you know? Like, yeah, it smells – I don't know, almost a little citrusy, but just, you know what it smells like? Like Fruity Pebbles, kind of. It's got that kind <laughs> of smell. Pebbles. Yeah, it's got that kind of smell to it. And uh, I could surprise, man. It's mostly sativa, but I've got one growing probably about six weeks, seven weeks in, and the thing looks like it's almost done. You know, so it's not one of these 11 or 12-week sativas. It seems like an eight or nine-week sativa. Big, fat colas. So it's it's a hybrid. It's definitely some kind of a hybrid. Uh, and the co- the coals are huge. I mean, the size of my fist. So and you said it's not too stretchy, huh? For being mostly sativa. Yeah, I was surprised. I gave it, a, you know, I gave it a space in my garden with a lot of room, and uh, thankfully it didn't it, it didn't exceed what I needed it to. So yeah, I'm really happy with it. Only I like bummer that. is I I didn't clone it <laughs> like an idiot. I didn't clone it. It's like a typical sativa highs. I shouldn't say typical. There's a lot of different sativa highs, but more, you know. Yeah. Head high, I can get shit done today. It's not too too couch locky there. 
No, no, I've got some permagrin and, and feeling great, <laughs> you know, so can't complain. Yeah, I got a little permagrin. I got some uh, string cheese incident here. Some little hippie music playing in the background, so I might get a little, uh, I don't know, just a little faded out. I'll have to bring that into the show for you guys. I'll bring that in. Oh, my um, gosh. I, I discovered no bunny this morning. What a whack <laughs> job, man. Hilarious, nope. though. No bunny. <laughs> yeah. This is a type of music? It is a type of music, yeah. It's a guy that wears a bunny hat oh, <laughs> plays right, music right. in his underwear. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Well, it sounds like the um, the Maui. I like it uh, as far as I've never grown it, but as far as being a sativa that doesn't stretch too bad. I mean, being an, if you're an indoor gardener, you definitely are always watching your stretch and your height because you can't be raising the roof um, and you can raise your lights, but eventually you're going to hit the roof. So it's a very important uh, thing that a plant does is knowing how far is this really going to get? How big will it get? And also, when is it going to finish, man? I'm I'm a big Sativa <laughs> fan as much as anyone, but I don't like 12 and 13 week flowering times. It's it's a little, little bit much for me. It kind of messes up my uh, my system, if you know what I'm saying. Yep, but you're going to love it when I grow some haze for you. You're going to love that three month flowering. No, Listen, I I love when you grow three month <laughs> flowering time plants. I love that. Yes, it is nice not to have a deadline, not to impress anybody else but myself with my growing and my beautiful garden, and uh, yeah, really turn out some good stuff, really good stuff. Dude, that's why you're the best grower I know. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. All right, well, guys, we're gonna let's let's hit one news story before a break. I want to remind you uh, shortly here, <clears throat> we're gonna be covering our grower questions, which involves um, adding a little CO2 for the first time. We got a guy that's running a flood and drain hydroponic table, wanting to you know run. Uh, mycorrhizae product and hydroponics, which we haven't really talked about. We've only talked about products typically for soil or soilless. Yeah, the myth is you can't do it. You can definitely do it, man. Let's tell them how. And you also got uh, Jason here, a guy that checked out a YouTube video of mine. He wanted a growing organically full episode. So, Jason, what we're going to do, me and Scotty both grow um, organically and synthetically, give you our opinions on that and try and answer your questions. So a lot of grow talk coming up. Walking through the process of your thought, you said, if this, then that, and, and you worked it out. And they call, they call that a hypotenuse, right? Well, when you say if this, yeah, that's like a hypotenuse. Well, let's come up with our own hypotenuse. If, if I punch you in the head, right, then it will hurt. First of all, if you punch me in the head, it will hurt, but it will hurt you. Because I will, I will come at you like, like a tiger. Maybe years ago you would have, but you've been sitting in that chair. You don't get up. You and I both know that. I know, but there's always the threat that I will come at you like a tiger. Well, so that's why you ain't gonna hit me in the head. Maybe somebody else will believe that threat, not me though. I know how long it takes you to get out that chair. I could sit here and, and, and stick my tongue out at you. You can't do nothing. But let's get back to the hypotenuse. The hypotenuse. Well, I, I like to call it a hypotenuse because it means it's one of them. And we're talking about one at a time here. When I talk about multiple hypotenuse. You know what I just realized? What's that? Is the word hypotenuse, right, has high and pot in it. Well, maybe that's why we're talking about it. High pot, subconsciously, we knew that. Because we thinking about getting high, getting high and smoking pot. Then where the noose come in? Well, let's drop it. This is called a high pot. 
Not like it did sound good. How about we have a us? Or call a high part of people talking about getting high and pie and us. Right. That's probably where the word comes from. And it's summertime in my grow, man. It's it's 85 degrees, and I actually called up Todd. Temperature needs. Yeah, full-on cool guy. Knows, what do they call mission-critical air conditioning, meaning grow air conditioners. And uh, he's got me hooked up with that. I think I'm getting a three-ton unit. Really excited. And, I mean, the price is thousands less than the next guy. So Call Todd, 720-312-1015. Summer is coming, and he can help you out. Alright guys, we're back with the news here. Oh man, there's so much to talk about, Scotty. Where should we start? Oh, weed is in the news, that's for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Back, back in the day, man, it was like you'd search for uh, marijuana in the news just to see what's up, and it'd just be all negative news. Yeah, it's actually good news now. I think the word is out. Weed ain't so bad. <laughs> yeah, no more news about uh, you just Google it up and be there'd be a bust here and a guy in jail here and all kinds of bullshit now we're straight up legal guys so we've got some legalization news um from around the nation here so let's start uh this is articles uh the new york daily news um came out and kind of had a lot of a lot of points and of course all our news guys is uh in the show notes and uh basically or show links you could check it all out uh but this one came out and i mean i didn't hear too much negativeness i mean maybe a few people getting arrested at least right now, I don't even think anybody got arrested. Didn't <laughs> I, I heard there was two tickets, man. That's yeah, exactly. I, I heard happened. I was testing your newsworthiness. Yeah, two tickets, guys. That's all that came out of Denver here. Other than that, a bunch of smiley people that were waiting in lines and uh, getting ready. One guy said, he's, I'm going back home into my basement to play some video games. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so funny? That dude was, like, so repressed. Like, it was, like, an unspoken, just leave me alone. Okay, just don't bust me and leave me alone. I'll, I'll go hide in my basement. Just leave me. You know, exactly, man, and and that's not what we need to be doing anymore. I mean, there's not a lot of great places to smoke here in uh, public in Denver yet, but definitely, uh, man, you don't need to be going down in your basement, buddy. Shit, no, man. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, let's see. We'll, let's get into other points of this article here. There's some good pictures, basically. People, a lot of tourism's happening, guys. Um, coming through Colorado, tours are starting. Recreational tours. Um, and yeah, no harm was caused that day. I can tell you prices. There's another article we'll cover here on prices, but yeah, man. Um, that prices are crazy, dude. Yeah, it, I don't know, crazy. All right, let's get into that real quick. Prices, guys, in the news. So I believe it's like one report was about sixty-four dollars and change out the door for an eighth. Um, and you know, a lot of people are raising a fuss, but uh, depending on where you're from, you know, us here in Colorado, of course, we typically, if you're a grower or you know, you got friends, you. It's not it's not troubles finding herb for I don't know maybe thirty dollars an eighth maybe twenty five, but you're coming out from another state. What do you think they're paying for an eighth? Like I don't know in Oklahoma. I don't know. They get a good eighth in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what I'm not saying. On the black, I've never been there. <laughs> on the black market, um, you know, people are probably still paying close to that for the sixty four, but. You know, there's a lot of tax in there, and hopefully that's going to go to good things and uh, promote our model here in Colorado. And, yeah, you know, it's just, just interesting, man. A lot of people spent their life savings getting into the, the legal marijuana business, you know. Now if you've got to compete where, where you've got to sell $62, $63 eights to, to pay the bills, 
you know that 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 hurts a little bit. You got to wonder True. what that's going to do to the market. There are there is grower overhead definitely when you're growing, especially with all that artificial expensive lights. Oh my gosh! Actually, in the in the show notes, you got to in this article. There's a picture of these people growing plants. You know, some Denver you know commercial grower growing plants, and I'll be damned if there's an ounce on that plant, and it must be taken up a you know 16 square foot of of warehouse space. So. Yeah, at that price, I would think, or I should say, at that yield, I would see how you need to get sixty-two dollars an eighth, man, to stay in business. Yes, seriously. I mean, maybe they're growing a specific strain that, uh, you know, is just very high quality, but not high yielding. But it is. It looks like Charlie Brown's uh, pottery in that picture. <laughs> yeah, that is. I ain't dissing on nobody, but maybe I am actually. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, growers obviously stated they weren't able to grow their recreational marijuana until January 1st, so that put a little bit of a wrench in supply and brought prices up. And seeing after the new year here, once they can, you know, one warehouse was going from I can only have 1,200 plants to I'm going to be able to have 3,700 plants hey, after January 1st. Did you see what that chick was doing in that picture, by the way? She was attaching an RFID tag to the plant. Yep, yes. from seed to sale, man. We've got to keep this shit totally tracked. Friends, just grow your own, man. Just go grab yourself a light, you know, listen to the program, get some tips, slowly get better at it. But it, it don't take nothing. It doesn't take much to get started growing a couple plants in your closet or, you know, in, in a little spare area. You know, they've got these grow tents. My buddy has a, a three-year-old, you know. He's got a couple tents in his basement. He's growing. It's all good. Yeah, as long as it's behind locked doors, guys. You know, and you're sticking within your legal numbers here, six plants per person per household with a max of 12 plants, six in, six in veg and six in flowering. You can you can tell I've been looking into this. But uh, basically, um, yeah, it's, it is. That is a, one of our uh, our slogans. Grow your own, guys, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, you also got to think about the motivations. The, the dude that's, uh, you know, that's got to charge, you know, a whole bunch, you know, $62, $65 for an eighth of weed. What happens when he gets bugs or when he's he's got a problem? You know what I mean? What if the right thing to do is to throw it out and start over again, like we both do so many times? <laughs> Think that's going to totally, happen? Totally. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough call, but I'm uh, actually going to not lie and say I've been distracted reading ahead in this news article about the penalties here now. You know how much it used to be. You know, you're going, let's say you're just going to Red Rocks, guys. You're going to go check a concert and you're paranoid with that bag. Sure. Or, you know, being out, you know, the penalties here, it says basically it's equivalent to a parking ticket with a top fine of $150 if you are caught smoking in public. Um, so verse, you know, spending a night in jail, losing your pipe, getting your bag taken and everything else. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I spent the night in jail for weed before. Oh, it's man. scary, man. It really sucked. Yeah, so this is this is really going to free up um, hopefully some resources with law enforcement. They're not dealing with, you know. Some kids or whoever, you know, a little bit. Of course, if you're under the legal age, guys, you still can't be possessing and doing that. But if you're above 21 here, top fine of 150, top notch, man. They can go after the meth heads and the real problems. So I'm all about that. That those guys are crazy, man. <laughs> oh, and then oh, you gonna go on? Have you heard of the uh, the magic bus, Scotty, or the the ganja bus? I did see a little bit about <laughs> that, and uh, oh wait, yeah. sorry, ganja express. I don't want to call yeah. it wrong. I don't know. Can I be Scott from Arizona when I go over there? I'm thinking about hopping on that thing, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I heard you say before, is that for tourists only? Maybe we should go check it out this weekend. Guys, there's yeah, hot man. tours here. Come on out. 
get on, uh, let's see here. Let's, let's plug a couple of them in this article. It's pretty funny. Um, there is Colorado Green Tours, who has a magic bus, which ferries visitors on tours of three of the newly legal dispensaries for $400. In parentheses, weed not included. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the next one is, uh, let's see here, another green tour company, My 420 Tours, which describes itself as your best friend in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder how much commercialization, uh, you know, the industry is going to tolerate, man. I mean... You know, he says he's got, this is Matt Brown, 4,000 people already signed up for his Ganja Express. And he's going to visit pot growers, chefs, um, and dozen of, shop, dozen of shops around town. I think this is a niche, though. I think, Scott, what they're doing, there's nowhere, if you come in town, you can't just go buy herb and then go sit down in the you know the coffee shop like Amsterdam. you you got to find somewhere to smoke it, um, be it your hotel room or wherever. So, um, you know, hopefully... That, that people stay out of trouble, but and we will figure this out in Denver. I have a feeling of legal places to smoke, but as of now, you definitely can't in public. Uh, so get on the Ganja Express. Yeah, there's no. I thought there was a weed friendly uh, place that was trying it. Something 64 out there or something. It was that was trying a a place where you could consume. I don't think you could buy it. Well, there is a guy here out of Boulder. Club 64. Really, Club 64, is it open for business? I was. I don't know. Check out maybe Club 64, guys. But uh, there's a, a hotel owner here in uh, Boulder basically saying he hasn't really you know, decided. This is from the Boulder Outlook Hotel. And he says, you know, it's possible we can designate rooms where marijuana is allowed if there's enough demand. So there might be some hotels that are actually you know, going to designate smoking rooms for, I mean, Obviously, it's a bit different when you're smoking stinky-ass cigarettes and yelling out the walls and making the curtains and everything else smell like shit. Herb doesn't really do that with my experience, so that'll be good to see. Hopefully, we have some pot-friendly hotels that are going to pick up some uh, you know, good tourism money from allowing people to burn down. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I just Googled it. Club 64 is actually a swingers club. So, <laughs> All right. Don't go there. Don't go there, guys, unless that's what, that's what you're all, rolling on. No, I'm just kidding. It says exclusive members-only club. You know, it shows Santa Claus smoking a bong on the uh, on the homepage, so it must be active. Interesting. Well, all right, let's let's move on to the next one. Actually, Scotty, you brought this one up. Something about a marijuana cookie that a two-year-old ate. Oh my God, man! I mean, the misinformation or what do they call it? Disinformation starts already. I mean, there really are. You know, there's you know two sides to the issue as far as legalization, and just because. We seemingly have won at this point where, you know, it's about, what, 55% majority uh, people want legalization. Uh, it doesn't mean that that 45% isn't active and, and, you know, pushing. So I saw this story, and I, I think it was a straight-up plant. I don't know if it even really happened or what, but what, you've got the link to that story in the show notes. It says that a, a two-year-old was hanging out outside and found a cookie, and it happened to yep. be a weed cookie, and the mom told the two-year-old to throw it away, but instead the two-year-old ate it, and then she was lethargic, and she had to go to the hospital. Like, I'm sorry, that sounds like something maybe in a dream that would happen, you know? Yeah, I mean... Bad TV show, but... Last time I checked, two-year-olds weren't hanging out outside grabbing cookies, you know? <laughs> yeah, and especially, I think, as, as you said, you know, if you're a parent and your kid brings in a cookie or something from outside, you're not just going to, oh, just go ahead and throw it away when you have a minute. You know, you're going <laughs> to physically be taking that from them and putting it in the trash. Gee, where did you find that sugary, delicious treat? Hey, go throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Two-year-old. 
Oh, a two-year-old. Okay. Anyway, man. Got to be some shadiness with this article and you some know planning what? by some anti-pot lobbyists, you know. Ed actually uh, was was listening to another podcast, and they went and dissected it a little bit. They found that that smart Colorado is totally owned by these this high-end lobbyist group. They've got – they're funded. they got like a million and a half dollars worth of funding from some mysterious PR agency, or they were able to hire a mysterious uh, – actually, a really high-end PR agency. So, I mean, these guys are – connected yeah yeah i agree guys there's there's no cookies uh just falling from the sky and poisoning children around colorado guys so uh pretty much just write that story off and i'm almost sorry we gave it attention but we had to say what the hell you know what we got to call bullshit on bullshit you know yeah no i agree with that i totally agree with that see one more article that sounds like another dream i had you know weed cookies falling from the sky <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah, not too shabby. That's like uh, Willy Wonka and the Weed Factory or something. I'll take it, man. <laughs> uh, last article, we covered a little of this. Tokers react to high-priced legal smoke or legal sale, legal marijuana in Colorado. All right, I got one. That's not cool, man. <laughs> totally, dude. like free and shit, man. <laughs> um, this is saying, you know, basically um, – 400 an ounce, ask one Twitter user, question mark, uh, with an eighth of Girl Scout cookies for about $50 plus $14.25 in taxes for a total, like I was saying, sixty-four twenty-five for the Girl Scout cookies strain, guys. Um, that reminds me, actually, that is one cool thing. I mean, people out in other, you know, other areas don't have the selection here. At least if you're spending that much money, you might be able to pick up, uh, yeah, a few different types Instead of just whatever swag your you know your local guy has. Oh yeah, it, it's wonderful going to the, the place and you know taking a few hundred dollars and spreading it around on eight eighths. Or I mean, they'll do something that they'll have like an ounce price. Sometimes you can go split it up into eight eighths. Awesome, that's so much fun. Yep, exactly. Yeah, they're saying actually the medical people here that still have red cards are saying their prices are ranging from twenty to forty dollars for an eighth. So if you're a red card medical holder here, you're definitely getting a, a better deal. So, but that's going to change. Guys, prices aren't going to stay that high forever. Uh, we just need to get everything established here. We need to get more plants in the ground, um, literally out in the ground and greenhouses and things. Lower the overhead for these growers. They're going to bring their prices down for you, no doubt. Grow your own, friends. Grow your own. <laughs> True. Grow, yeah, your initial uh, your, your initial investment definitely can be a little hefty, but it's going to pay itself over and over again. You'd be surprised how easy it is to get people to come over and do you favors when you grow your own sweet kind. Exactly. Hey, we got to get out there and buy some of this legal weed, Scotty. I think uh, a couple few shows have been saying, I'm going to get out there and buy some. Guys, I didn't want to jump right out in line on the first day, but I think, uh, yeah, I'll go out and buy some here. We'll give you a review on what we found and how that worked out and try and actually get it in the lab. They're still not testing out here in Colorado for agricultural pesticides, but I'll be excited to see what I find on some of this legal weed. Yeah, it certainly will be interesting, that's for sure. And the, the quality is really interesting to me as well. I mean, so, you know, it really does depend on, you know, what grower they're hooked up with, what the weed looks like when you go into these places. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's, uh, all right, guys, coming up here, mm-hmm. let's take a quick break, but uh, we have grow. We're going to get into a lot of grow talk. Um, you know, CO2 enrichment, that's a quick hit. Uh, all these questions are in from the uh, Dude Grows YouTube channel. Um, we're going to talk about, like I said before, organic and synthetic, you know, in soilless, using organics and synthetics together and using organic solely. I know, Scotty, you're kind of hybrid grower in that sense. 
Definitely, man. I love the taste that organics give me, you know, that flavor. But uh, I just can't commit to full 100% organics. I still use a base. It is it is tough to do. Um, and then also, of course, our segment, What's Going On in Our Grows, guys, is coming up as well. So stick around for all the grow talk coming up. We definitely want to teach you guys to grow your own, you know, newbies and advanced growing technique. Um yes. I mean, we're trying to grow healthy plants for healthy people, for healthy buds. And check out DudeGrows.com. That's where everything is. You can always find us on iTunes, guys. Just check out DudeGrows on iTunes. Uh, you can also check it out on the Android devices on Beyond Pod or YouTube. Hell yeah. Just go to either of our websites if you want to, yeah. if you, if you want to Shit, hook yeah, up. Yeah, plug it up. I forgot about that, man. Shit. RealGrowers.com. There's actually a... You've been working on that shit. I've been working, man, generating some content on there. So go check it out. That's how I grow over there. Kind of showcases my grows. Yeah, yeah. I saw you up uh, in a video on Real Growers. So looking kind of sharp in the garden, doing some training I think you were doing. Yeah, man. Nobody wants to read anymore. Can't I just watch the video? Ooh, I just went to your site, Scotty, after not visiting for a while, and it, it is starting to look good. Hell yeah, guys. Realgrowers.com. Um, we're going to be back with... Oh, man, it's probably going to be about an hour of grow talk, guys. So enjoy the quick break here. And uh, yeah, Dude Grows Show, dudegrows.com. We'll be right Let's back. Party. My name is Thurgood. Hi. Hi. I'm here today because I'm addicted to marijuana. You in here with some marijuana? Marijuana? Man, this is some bullshit! Marijuana is not a drug. I used to suck dick for coke. I seen them! Now that's an addiction, man. You ever suck some dick for marijuana? Huh? No. No, I can't say I have. I didn't think so. You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. We are going to get into the best part, the grow talk. Definitely have some good questions that, that came in. I just had a pretty pretty hefty uh, recreation uh, session there, though, Scotty, with, like, I don't know it was in the body. It was mysterious, um, but it worked almost too well. So you're going to have to keep me on point, Hell dude. yeah. We call that one-hit wonder, <laughs> my friend. It was. Like, what strain was – shit, I don't even know what strain was in there. But, man, it, yeah, it threw me for a little loop. But that's all right. We're going to – we're going to bring the knowledge here, guys, uh, and let's get into it with our, our first question here. Basically, these all come off of the uh, Dude Grows YouTube channel, and if you leave comments, we'll try and pick them up, try and give you guys some help with your grow. So this guy comes in, hey, dude, I've been reading that I shouldn't reuse potting soil slash medium. In your latest video, you're transplanting into a 15-gallon pot. Do you ever reuse your medium? If not, what do you do with it? Add it to your lawn as topsoil? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly right. Or grow less (laughs) valuable plants with it. I grow a bunch of hot peppers and and cool stuff like that, just just things for fun with my extra soil. Yeah, definitely. I mean, reuse it for vegetable gardening for sure. Top dress your lawn. I mean, I have a really, you know, nice backyard with awesome topsoil all over the lawn just because, yeah, that's where it all goes. It's recycled out there. And I mean, there are some situations I've heard of people reusing cocoa because they're building. They're, um, you know, beneficial colonies, and like, man, you liked it the first time. When you use it the second time, it's even better because they have such a, a buildup of good things in the soil. But I mean, you got to be like, 
I think have a little bit of luck and be and really know what you're doing if you're reusing potting. That's here. what I was going to say. It's the difference between cocoa and peat. The problem why people don't use peat and they tell you not to use peat is because it compresses and compacts, and you end up not having a lot of airspace in your peat after it's compacted. Uh, cocoa is a different story. Cocoa holds its porosity. So I'll tell you, man. I, t- I you're making me want to be a cocoa grower, like because I have a mix that's fifty fifty peat and cocoa. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you know, that first part when you're watering in, it has that water retention, like it doesn't want to take the water, and then it shrinks in a little tiny bit, like a millimeter or two from the side of the pot, because it's been compacted. I mean, these plants have been in these same containers now for months. Sure. But that, 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 those aren't, cocoa doesn't have those properties. Does it doesn't. It? I mean, it'll shrink a little bit if you, uh, you know, if you let it go bone dry, but it rehydrates so nicely. I mean, it's also really hard to rehydrate peat. You get peat down below 50% uh, hydration, um, you know, moisture content. It's hard to get it back in there. That's why they have those wetting agents and things like that. The cocoa works really well, man. So it's just, it really is, the, the reason why they say don't reuse your media is because you have this compacted media. You don't want to reuse it. The whole key to growing good quality uh, weed is to get air into the roots. You need a, re- a good air to moisture ratio. Yeah, definitely. You got me thinking about this cocoa. Now, I've never been a full-on cocoa grower, but I just don't like how it doesn't, re- it doesn't retain enough moisture for me for long periods of time, but maybe I could figure out a way to add one thing to it to handle that, like some, I don't know, I'd hate to say little rock wool cubes. No, you see, the thing you're bitching about is the thing I love. You're saying it doesn't retain enough moisture, and I'm saying it retains tons of air. I love it. Uh, you know, you ever seen a root right before, you're right before it's almost totally dried out? Man, the thing's crazy. You know, it expands and it's all fuzzy. That's what happens when the root gets a lot of air to it. You get to grow those crazy fuzzy roots. Right on, right on. I might have to throw a new uh, cocoa medium into the garden here uh, next round. See what yeah, looks, happens. Looks like we made this into a soil versus cocoa. Uh, oh, a little what bit. Was the question again? <laughs> but, hey, anyway, yeah. and stuff, what happens? The reason people also tell you not to do it: if you had any pathogens, uh, any any bad microbes that were in the soil, um, and then you reuse it, well, they've got all that uh, uh, root mass, all that little feeder root to eat on and to multiply with. So it, you can get yourself into a situation where you're breeding bad bacteria there. The way to combat that is to treat all soil with a beneficial bacteria, really load them up with beneficials, put some earthworm casts well, in there. Well, the other treatment has been, I've heard basically, you know, if you are going to reuse it, do a heavy enzyme soak. But the amount of money you got to spend on, you know, a quality, let's say, hygrozyme sure. or something or canazyme to do a soak to, you know, break down that dead root material to reuse a medium, I not worth it to me. If I think if you add it all up anyway, dollar for dollar, you just go buy some new awesome, you know, potting. Yeah, soil. exactly. Chances are you're growing something else, whether it's at your yard or you know some some food or something like that. Whatever, keep that and uh, you know load it up in your yard or load it up into some lesser important containers. Heck yeah! All right. Well, there's your answer. Um, <laughs> thanks for chiming quick, in. We both know this guy that has yep. a vegetable garden that takes a lot of our old soils and keeps on dumping them in his vegetable garden, and he's got. <laughs> I don't know, three-foot eggplants and whatnot. I mean, they're crazy. If you use this soil after you've, uh, you know, after you've fortified it and done everything for the indoor garden, man, it performs excellent outdoors. Hell, yeah. It, it supplies all of my container gardening for vegetables in the summer for sure. I don't have to buy shit from the nursery, which is a big money Heck saver. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Guys, let's go into another question here. Um, this one... 
Let's see here. Another one off of a YouTube video about hydroponics. I know we'll put this in the show links um, and put some video links in there for you guys. But the question is, like all videos, very informative. Thanks. I'm running a flood and drain recirculating system. I'm wondering what product and application do you recommend for promoting mycorrhizae? I've seen you talk about soil, but not a lot about on flood and drain, for instance. Also, what are your thoughts on the rock line of nutrients, which we'll get into in a minute, and look forward to the next video. So basically, this guy wants to know about very popular setup, right? You're running a, a flood and drain sure, table. Sure, probably rock I mean, cubes think, or something, I imagine. Yeah, you've ran a system like that, I'm sure. I think everybody's, somewhere in their grow, you know, history has run a, a ebb and flow table. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's what, you know, got the reservoir. This is just a system, guys, with a table on top. Reservoir usually sits right under it. Table floods up, water goes back down. So, so you know, we've talked. I was going to say, he's asking about mycorrhizae inoculation in, in, in a hydroponic system, though. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's in. That's the it, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of controversy on it, and honestly, it's because people don't know specifically about mycorrhizae. Um, it's hard to get living soil beneficials to live in a hydroponic system because they really want to live in soil. But mycorrhizae is different. Mycorrhizae is a root beneficial. You can get mycorrhizae to inoculate. You can get your roots inoculated with mycorrhizae. All you have to do is treat them originally when you put your plants in when they're small. Give them a good treatment, a good soak of, of mycorrhizae, a soluble mycorrhizae. Of course, I'm affiliated with Supreme Growers, so I'll recommend the Mycoblast. But any kind of soluble mycorrhizae in there. There's, there's two kinds. There's a granular mycorrhizae, which is basically ground up myco-inoculated roots that touch the, touch the, the, the surface of the, of the root and inoculate. And then there's a liquid one that the liquid gets all over the roots and inoculates that way. If you, yeah, I think, um, just to counter, um, not to counter, but another company has a product. There's liquids out there, like je- I think one's called Jellyfish. I know there's an orca. Yeah, there's something from uh, are, uh, what are who are those guys again? The, the Plant Success. You. Plant thank Success. You. I, I keep on having extreme gardening on the mind, man. <laughs> right on. Um, but those are really applicable, like you're saying, for coverage and maybe a hydro situation. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is that you can do it. People will tell you, oh, mycorrhizae and hydroponics don't play well together. You absolutely can do it, but you need to get that myco on the root. I mean, you might just want to just soak, you know, take a five-gallon bucket when you're, uh, when you're starting out and just soak your transplants, you know, your three- or six-gallon Hugo blocks, whatever, before they go in. You know, put put some heavy mycorrhizae, a, a liquid soluble mycorrhizae in there. Once it makes contact with that root, it has to be killed by a fungicide. If it's not killed by a fungicide, it's going to keep on growing. Yeah, and making an environment for them too. Now, there, we're assuming if you guys are trying this, you're not running. For example, I've run plenty of hydro systems where it's straight chemical in a product called Zone, which kills everything in the water. Um, and that's running hydroponics in a solid, sterile, chemical way. You don't have to run it like that. Um, but giving, if you are going to be doing the beneficials in hydroponics, give them the environment to live in, too. A very popular table is a 4x4 four four flood table. And, you know, a lot of people set net pots in there or rockwool blocks or wherever it is where your roots are going to get going in. After that, typically roots go out into the table. It will only go so long before they die off because of exposure to light or lack, you know, of an environment to live in. So I like to throw down, you can throw down a cocoa mass, one thing, to give an environment for the roots to go into. But also, a trick I learned, you can get simple, you know, cheap black and white poly, and then go to Office Max and get these things called alligator clips. And once all your plants are in that flood table, 
cover them all up. You know, the root zone loves to have a dark environment, and then when you peek in there, you just unclip your poly cover. You'll see the roots start to take off. They'll start to grow a lot more because they're in an environment they like, you know, not saturated by light. And then, therefore, your beneficials can help, you know, promote all that. Yeah, definitely seen that work. Definitely seen it. But in in a flood and drain, I would start thinking specifically about mycorrhizae, less about all those bacillus and trichodermis and all, all those soil beneficials. I would think just specifically about mycorrhizae there. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that for sure. I mean, personally, if I'm running hydro, guys, I'm I'm running sterile. I'm running chemical. I'm not dealing with um, – any living beneficials, I'm just feeding the, the plant directly. And, and, and but the, the mindset behind that is you can either keep something surgically clean so that not no, no microbes get in there, no, you know, no, no bad bugs get in there and start colonization, or you, you can take them up with so many beneficial microbes, so, you know, basically make it so dirty that the microbes can't even the, – the, the bad, the bad <laughs> microbes can't even find the roots, you know? Yeah, you know, I remember uh, a grower, oh, I forgot, we were talking one time, and I was all concerned, you know, sometimes reservoirs and can get funky in hydroponics and stuff, and I was like, man, this has got to be bad. Well, you know, if your res smells a little, is it a horrible thing? And he's like, dude, I have, you know, seen some of the best weed coming out of some of the stinkiest reservoirs, and they were using a lot of beneficials, but also important to keep your water temperatures in check, or you will you know, up above 72, you guys will start brewing some anaerobic bad stuff. Definitely. You'll smell that shit, too. <laughs> but, I don't know, don't, don't get too fearful if it's, if it's funky. Just you got to make sure um, it's not too funky and you got the right things in there combating any potential negative problems. Yeah, you got to have more positive than negative in there, you know. Word, guys. Let's, uh, Scotty, let's take a break here. we got a question coming up that's, I think, going to take a bit more time. We're going to talk about growing organically. Um, in soilless mediums, we're not, this won't be anything with uh, water culture, hydro discussion, but soilless mixes organically and synthetically in the hybrid of both of these coming together, especially getting popular in today. There's some products off the shelf now that just mix both these up. And uh, I know you use, I think, in a chemical base for your regimen. Yeah, yeah, I'll use a, a straight-up synthetic base, and then I'll uh, add a bunch of goodness to it, man, and make it look like a... I see. L- I think we're the opposite. We'll have to get into it because I use an organic base and then some synthetic oh, additives. That's bullshit, so. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, man. Dude Grows Show. Everything's at dudegrows.com. Scotty's at Real Growers, sharing videos and knowledge on both sides. Oh, yeah. Everything is coming from a lot of experience that we want to get you guys out growing and growing your yeah, own. Yeah, it ain't that hard. It's fun. It's rewarding. It's a heck of a hobby if you like to smoke weed, that's for sure. Hell yeah. All right, guys. We'll be right back. Dude grows. Look, I'm going to pull that dictionary out. Yeah, we're going to get us another word. You ready? Okay, what is it? I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm just going to point at a word. Let's see. Let's see. How about... Uh, Handsome. Handsome is a good word, and I think it's spelled H A N D S O M E. Is that right? Handsome. Right. You want to use a word? Yeah, listen. Um, pretend like you're doing a spelling bee. Okay. Alright, so you gotta say the word, you gotta spell the word, and then then provide us a sentence whereby we can listen to what your usage of that word is. Okay. Alright. Right. Alright, okay, here you go. Handsome. Um, alright. 
I need to smoke up again. Hand some of that weed over here to me. I think that's a good use. But again, that's not the way I probably would have used it. But how the hell you use that? Well, hand some of that weed over to my way. Well, I know you're proper. You're using it properly, but in the wrong way. Yeah. Have you ever heard, you ever heard of calling somebody handsome? See, that's a handsome, that's a handsome woman. That sounds like a person who give you the weed. Well, she a handsome woman because she handsome weed to you. Let's move on to another word. All right, all right. Let's, let me open up. And I'm just going to point to a word. How about, how about this one right here? Safari. Yeah, you know, I, I just had a bumper crop, man. and, uh, you know, what was it, about a month ago, got the AC from Todd. Temperature needs. So, installed an AC, got control of my humidity, and uh, just been seeing uh, the, the garden respond since, geez, as of a couple, maybe last week, and that garden is running sharp. Call Todd, 720-312-1015. Summer is coming, and he can help you out. Yo, yo, back, back at the Dude Grows Show. Scotty, you still here? Yo, 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 what's up? Um, in the middle, in the middle of a hot, hot grow segment, um, <clears throat> that mystery baddie, baddie I'm recovering a little bit from, I got some, uh, I'm actually got a little Keller Williams kicking in my headset here, so I'm starting to flow, man. I'm, I think we're going to flow really good on this next question. What are you feeling? Hell's yes, <laughs> man. I just repacked the volcano, so I, I'm flowing. The handheld volcano. Now well, it's, it's really called the Plenty, but nobody knows what the hell a Plenty is. So it, the, it's called the Plenty, but that's made by Stores and Bickle. Right, right. And Stores and Bickle is just like the only company that makes like a hardcore, last you for years vaporizer, in my opinion. You know, that that volcano, man, I had that thing for 10 years. I think we got those in, what, 2004, something like that. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mine has been kicking, yeah, decade plus, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. If anybody know. listening, I want I need a recommendation, guys. I need um I'm after like a a pen not like I guess I'd call it a vaporizer. See, I'm already getting old with all these hipsters and there's gadgets. <laughs> um a vaporizer that will take regular ground up, fairly well ground up flower material and in like a pen form. It's gonna will, suck, bro. Been looking for them for months, you know, since they came out. Everyone I buy sucks, man. I know, I mean I it, it would just be so handy for those times that possibly I might be recreating at the ski area in high winds, and uh, yeah, I just, it, I thought it'd be perfect, you know, you just pull this thing out, hit a little button, there's some ground-up flour in there, but yeah, I've heard the yeah. same reviews, guys, so somebody the, recommend one. The problem, oils, you gotta go to oils, man, because the thing is, is that all those, they use a heating element, you know, the element gets red hot, it That's burns. just another errand for me, dude, like, I got all my flowers here, I don't want to have to go buy oils or make oils, there's gotta be a way. I'm telling you, man, I've been playing with them forever. I mean, it ends up torching, actually burning the weed. Weird. You know, because, because, you know, it's this red-hot element that, that heats up. You know, well, it's not like some sophisticated element that's going to heat to 365 degrees or 362 degrees and shut off. Hell no, man. It just heats till it's red-hot and stops. I believe we have the know-how. So that's the challenge, guys. I want to test man. one. I want right. one. If you can put a man on the moon, okay, you can yes, exactly. good vaporizer handheld for flour. Thank you. That's a pres- right. pres- presidential decree right there, man. All right, on subject. On subject with Jason here. Jason, 
um, wrote in off the YouTube channel, guys, and keep hitting that up. Um, we'll probably get a forum <laughs> soon, right on right on a Dude Grow Show page. But um, definitely always checking all these and trying to answer them. So this one, how about a detailed growing organically episode? What soil mix do you guys like? What tips do you have for ensuring a healthy soil food web? How do you ensure the right nutrients are available to the plant at the right time? And how will growing organically affect how I measure pH and PPMs? So that's a pretty heavy-duty question. Fuck um, yeah. The answers are yes, 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 and it won't. No. There you go. We're, all right, <laughs> on to the next one. I'm just kidding, man. Let's get right. into it. You start from the top there. What, what's, um, what's, what soil mix do you guys like? Scotty, what do you like? No. You know what? I love, you know, we, we talked about it already, cocoa. You yeah. can buy organic organic cocoa cores. Um, so I'll usually start with like a sunshine, you know, something like a, the sunshine organic mix that they have. Uh, you can buy, you know, the bales aren't too expensive. You can buy a big compacted bale of it. I'll take that sunshine organic. I think it's called natural and organic, if I'm not mistaken. Cut that open. Add a few bags. I'll cut it with maybe 40 to 50% cocoa core. You know, so take a few bags of cocoa core, add it in there, take a bag of earthworm castings. It depends how much I'm making. I'm usually making a lot. But I'll take probably about 10 to 15% earthworm castings. You can use the ones you can buy at the store. The wiggle worms are fine. Um, I take probably 35 to 40% cocoa core and then 50% sunshine number four. That would that would be my starting mix for a good organic mix. And then I would take a bunch of soil microbes. I would take... a like the sweet myco tea or even something like that mycoblast. These are supreme growers and products. Mix it right in. With. You can mix it right in, but because it, when you mix things in, you've got these dry particles that are all over the place. It's better when you solubilize that stuff in water and let the water be your carrier. Water is an excellent carrier. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. I was just, you had said uh, in the middle there, you know, you can get those wiggle worms, the ones you can get at the store. And I was kind of thinking, uh, you know, some people listening Outside of, I mean, we're so spoiled here. Some people drive two and a half hours, three hours to get to their halfway decent hydro supply store versus like, you know, 45 plus reputable stores here just in the Denver area. So sure. we've got to feel spoiled when we're talking on the show. I mean, everything's pretty much at our disposal within, you know, 10 minutes of our houses as far as what we need. But regardless, yeah, I mean, worm castings you should be able to get pretty much hopefully at any garden center, but. If you can buy good cocoa core, you should be able to, the same place you should be able to buy your earthworm castings, you know? Definitely. It, you know what? They're available online, too. Not too expensive. True, true. Uh, my my mix, guys, um, basically the mana mix out of the bag from Vital Earths. It's a uh, almost a 50-50 uh, peat and cocoa mix that has, like, glacial rock dust. See, that's dust. still original, man. <laughs> glacial rock dust. Hello? Uh, yeah, they're all-purpose guano. <laughs> What, am I kicking in? Am I kicking in and out? Got me? Got me? Uh-oh, guys, we might be having a uh, Skype recording issue here. We have to get Scotty back on the line. Hold. Hold while we go to break. Yeah, with, no, I'm here, man. Oh, you're yeah, there. You're back. Nice. All I'll right. Yeah. out. Man. Corporate rock Skypers, man. Don't like weed smokers. <laughs> All right. Well, you're back. I was blabbing about the mana mix, man. I think that's where I cut out on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love your half. Hey, hey, I, hey, you're the one that left. Hold on. You're the one that left the conversation. Amanda <laughs> Mix, 50-50 Cocoa Peak, Glacier Rock Dust, all-purpose bat guano, which is a good little kickstart. It's not too hot. You can even plant seeds in it. Um, also, worm castings uh, and some compost. So it's a really good. I like out of the 
out of the bag, ready to go. I don't want to take any more time to mix shit up at all. So, True. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong to mix shit up, but that's how that's what I prefer, and that yeah, that'd be my my potting mix. But although per our conversation on the show here, I am leaning a little bit more. Yeah, like I like the way the cocoa acts as far as you know, watering right in and not you know squeezing in from the edge of the pot a little. And I think I'm gonna have to give it a go on one. Definitely, and I mean, I'm I'm a commercial grower also. I have you know grow commercially down in Florida, and in my off season, and we use cocoa. I'll put 35% cocoa core in a uh, a peat mix. Uh, you get much better performance out of it, especially if it's gonna real heavy rains outside where the peat can just get saturated and compacted. The cocoa really combats that. Good stuff. Yeah, and I like I don't know. I hear stories about the environmental aspects of peat, and then you think about cocoa, but I really would like some guy that does these type of equations to show me i mean obviously most of the cocoa is coming from what sri lanka or somewhere way the hell far away whereas the sure and from bogs up north and environmentalists claim some of that's causing damage but which one really is worse because you know what I, I actually seen when i used to drive by i used to have a bamboo farm up in avon park florida and i used to wonder what the hell they were doing out in this old cow field and it was a peat bog and what they do is they scrape the topsoil up, and then below it, there's just this peat. And they basically, they cut it, and then they cube it. And it comes out. It's, it's, it's real interesting looking. Um, it's, it looks a lot like soil, like, like rooted soil almost, you know. Or, it's interesting, really interesting looking. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you are pulling. They're not making any more peat. You know, it takes, you know, it's almost like a precursor to coal. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, I mean, what's there is there. You're definitely pulling it out of the earth. I mean, is it going back in the earth and, you know, in your backyard? Probably. Hell yeah. There we go. Full on circle. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but they're just saying that coconuts, you know, they're sustainable and, you know, you can regrow a coconut every year, a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure it's pretty efficient. I mean, those ships hold like a freaking whole city these days. Yeah, um, by the way, I'm thinking that my coconut husks or my coconut core probably comes from the same place that my coconut water comes from, you know? There you go. So it's really... <laughs> All right, well, there's the soil mix we like. There's a ton out there, guys. Nothing's really wrong. I mean, just I would like you guys should lighten up. Maybe not if a popular one's Ocean Forest. Don't, try and mix that. Don't don't plant that on its own. It's a pretty hot, compacted soil, but it's it's decent for mixing. Roots Organics, another popular brand. Um, not too bad. Sometimes been known to come with uh, f- more fungus gnats than other soils due to the, I think it's manure they put in there. Um, but still, the soil performs great, you know, and you can suppress or take care of the fungus gnats without too much troubles. What am I forgetting? You have any popular brands that you know that, any tips on? Well, you know, the only thing I'm thinking about Ocean Forest is a little... A little warning about Ocean Forest is it is hot. They put enough earthworm castings in there, and I don't know if they put guanos as well. Yeah, they put guano. Yeah, it is hot. I've heard of people trying to start seeds in it, and not so good. No, definitely not. I put some cuttings in it once that were pretty aggressive and with had plenty of roots, and it held them up like they were pissed off for two weeks. Yeah, right? Yeah, over-fertilization is bad with this stuff. Uh, you know, less is more when it comes to growing. It's a, a nice, nice simple uh, proverb to think of. You yeah, know, if you guys want to use uh, Ocean Forest, because sometimes I know that's maybe the only quality soil available in your market, cut it 50-50 with any peat. You'll, you'll get a good mix out of that, just 50% Ocean Forest and a mix four from Sunshine or whatever. You'll, you'll do all that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next question. What is it? Where are we at? What tips do you have Agreed. for assuring, Agreed. assuring a healthy soil web? Let's see here. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. 
basically, because this next question and the two after it, yeah. I want to kick in this song, though. You know, it's still the new year here with the Rocky Mountain High in Denver. So I don't know if I've played that yet this show. If this is the second time, I'd enjoy because, yeah, it's, the new, it's almost the new theme song. So we'll be right back, guys. Um, and we're going to answer about uh, tips for ensuring a healthy soil food web and feeding your plants organically and synthetically. Word? All right, we'll be back, guys, just a minute. Enjoy the music. Safari. Safari. That's S-A-F-A-R-I. S-A-F-A-R-I. Safari. Safari. Yeah. I had a cousin named Safari once. Oh, no, he was named with Jafari. Jafari. Not Safari. Jafari. Did they call him Jeff? No, they call him Jafari. But they didn't shorten it up like slang. Say, hey, what's up, Jeff? No, they just call him Jafar. Why would they call him Jeff? Was Jafar that big boy? No, he was kind of skinny. Oh man, yeah, Jafari. he had. Right, he had. Did he have a baby on? He would always wear like basketball clothes. Them long shorts on that come on his knee. Yeah, he always. And look, he looked like a string bean. Right. Now, How old is he now, Jafar? Jafar, he probably about twenty-one. Is he uh? He been in jail yet? I don't know. I don't keep tabs on my man. Yeah, but you know if he'd be in jail. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the safari. word safari. Um, there was one time I was watching a movie on TV. Yeah. And they went on safari. And, and I think they shot like a, like a zebra or something on the safari. Yeah, okay. That's that's a different way than I would have used it. What? How would you have used the word? Um, I would say that my brother lost his weed in safari. He can't find it. Safari, he can't find it. Yeah. Yeah, he can't find it so far. You know what I mean? So far. So far, he can't find it. Can you use it in another sentence? Okay, um, let's see. Safari. Oh, um, my, 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 my aunt, she got a new car. Yeah. No, no, my aunt's aunt got me, my uncle. My uncle got himself a new car. Right. And Safari ain't crashed it. Safari ain't crashed it. Well, I don't know if that's the proper usage of the word, right? But I like the way I like the way you brain things, man. Yeah, you gotta basically, basically, you gotta you gotta think every words, and then you gotta see how you can fit them in a sentence. Yeah, but your brain is is uh, is a big brain. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? We're back. Dude Grow Show, we're going to get back into these questions. Uh, we had to do a little mic check, a little studio work here. We're thinking about hiring a new producer, so. But no, sorry guys, Skype has been a little bitchy today, but uh, we're going to still bring you all this this great knowledge. Right on, Scotty? Absolutely. Got to get this knowledge out, my friend. Got to get it out. So, we talk about this a lot in the show. The next question, what tips do you have for ensuring a healthy soil food web? Uh, you roll with this real quick, cause you, you like spill this like, or, or it's, you're dropping knowledge <laughs> like Galileo drops an orange. I think that's- Hell's Jess, man. Hell's Jess. Drop the orange. <laughs> no, it, it's pretty simple. You want to use the mycorrhizae in the beginning. Mycorrhizae grow on plant roots, so you inoculate with mycorrhizae like you, you know, like little kids get vaccine shots. You know what I mean? You put, uh, your clone, your rooted clones, or your, uh, maybe your small one gallons, and you really want to immerse them in mycorrhizae. I use a, a liquid-soluble mycorrhizae, and I actually will dip the plant in there, soak it for a minute or two, and it, it actually, mycorrhizae makes contact with the roots. Then it feeds off those roots, and then 
uh, it actually built a protective coating around the roots. So real good stuff. After that, mycorrhizae is on the plant. Next thing you need to do is just keep on adding bacteria. I like to add bacteria, uh, basically I add bacteria and trichoderma. Trichoderma decompose what's in the soil and make it available to the rhizosphere. And the uh, bacillus, the, the beneficial bacteria, namely the bacillus, they actually act like the stomachs of the soil where they go and they just keep on solubilizing all this nutrient. They digest it, then they die in the soil, and they basically, it's like nature's slow-release fertilizer. So I would just keep on the mycorrhizae in the beginning, uh, and then just keep on pumping the, uh, you know, the, the, the bacterias through, through the harvest, and I think you'll be good. Of course, you need to feed the right kind of food stocks in there, which and are kelp and molasses. Yeah, kelp, molasses, fish, the right kind of guanos, things like that. Those are going to give you your major building blocks. Your, you know, your steak and potatoes, we'll say, for lack of a better word. All right. Well, let me let me tack on a couple. We'll call them mechanical points. If you guys can use a quality water source, um, use a dechlorinator is what I use. I don't need RO where I'm at. I just would like to get the chlorine and chloramines out of my water. Um, you know, a decent one's a hundred bucks. It'll get you through. You're probably gonna have to upgrade the filter in it if you want to take care of your chloramines too. You'll have to get a carbon filter that costs like thirty dollars more or something. Yeah, I, just like, to, I just went and bought one of them. They were like seventy bucks for the tall boy. Yeah, probably right because the one for the small boy is about thirty-five. So right yeah. on, yeah. Totally Double the size. Totally. I mean, you guys will get 3,000 gallons, I think, you know, out of the filter roughly, and you'll have a dechlorinated water. If you can't do that. Bubble your water in, you know, a bucket. If you can put it in a 50-gallon drum, a 5-gallon bucket, whatever, let it sit out for a day. You're going to take care of at least probably most of the chlorine. Um, but then, you know, I've heard from Scotty here, if you can't do either, don't freak out because he's looked at this shit under a scope, or I think you had somebody from CSU. and um, you know, Definitely, the, definitely. Yeah, I had I took uh, uh, brand-new microbes and had them analyzed with chlorinated water and then had them analyzed with, with complete RO water. No difference in the numbers as far as, as populations. No noticeable difference in population. Pretty nice. amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. Um, and other than that, yeah, if you're, I guess one other tip would be if you're an organic grower, I don't think you need to be inoculating as much. You definitely can because you're really creating that relationship. You're going to put in your mycorrhizae, your bacteria, your trichoderm, and everything. Your soil is going to start to come to life if you're inoculating with con concentrated formulas. Um, you know, everything's going to start to party in there. Whereas if you're a chemical, say you're watering in general hydroponics, three-part salt-based mineral nutrients. Hell yeah, you're knocking your microbial population down. You're saying that it signals to just chill out, man. Stop yeah, so partying and chill out, man. The cops so are outside. Keep inoculating in that situation more often than if you're an organic grower. Some organic growers, I think, probably only do it once, you know, and assume that their populations are high enough with keeping feeding them the fish, molasses, scalp, whatever. So well, They're constantly growing their populations. They're not doing anything to destroy them. True, you know? exactly. So, yeah, that's a, that's a quick hit on, yeah, that's how we would like you to ensure a healthy soil food web in any soilless growing medium. All right, this next question I like. I like it because um, we both do this. So how do you ensure the right newts, well, the way we're going to answer, how do we ensure the right newts are available to the plant at the right time? So... I mean, that's going to be Me? totally different. Yeah, how do you insure? You, I, you're, I just cheat and use synthetics, man. Well, you're using canna, canna A and B, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I was going to do it organically, I would I would use different types of guanos. I'd use some fish. 
but mostly I, I liked if I'm doing specifically organically, I would use different guanos. That Mexican guano for vegetative, um, more like the Jamaican and the Indonesian guanos for flowering, and just try to get my basic building blocks that way. Use a lot of fish uh, emulsions. Uh, a lot of kelps are really good. And between those products, I mean, like the kelps have a lot of potassium in them. Um, you know, the Jamaican back guano has a lot of phosphorus. And then the the, uh, the Peruvian seabird guano is phosphorus and and, and uh, nitrogen. So you can kind of just play with all those components. And you've got yourself some, basically, you can consider them almost NPK fertilizers there. Yeah, and the trick is that basically – Organically, you got a time when things are available. Just because you water in, um, and I'm going to give the example of the nitrogen deficiency in my garden. I'm 30 days into flower, notice nitrogen deficiency in two plants, typical time. <clears throat> um, and they need a little bit more of a push, but not much because I don't want to give them too much nitrogen as we get into the second month of flowering at all. Right. So basically I was about to go water in. My, my two-part base would be General Organics, BioThrive Grow, and BioThrive Bloom. Great products from what from my use so far. Not fully fully organic, but you know, really good, uh, almost organic nutrient, I guess I'll call it. Sure. But regardless, I was organic. I was gonna water in the uh, that, and I was like, shit, what am I doing? Like this is, you know, this isn't gonna be gonna become plant available nearly as quick. I'll probably see results from watering in an organic based uh, alfalfa based. I think it is um, four three one MPK, maybe like in seven days at the quickest. And that has so, to do with because you're feeding that into the soil. Now the soil microbes have got to go to work. Yeah, grab that nutrition, process it. That's where those bacteria, those stomachs come in. They process it and then they hold it there for when the plant signals it. Yeah, so. and so my my thought there, and that's where I become um, a chemical grower. Also, I went to get a product that was an 11-00, so 11 um, in the nitrogen range, and um, CX nutrients. Um, Mighty, uh, shit, something. Anyway, very high synthetic, uh, in the, uh, nitrogen. And I hit it up, uh, I've given it three waterings, and I'm gonna stop now, but I could see the results right on about the third light cycle. I could already see, uh, it was starting to green up where I wanted it to. And I'm done with it, I'm not gonna give the plants anymore, cause I'm, you know, getting past the 30th day of flowering. And that's where I find synthetics to become valuable. Sometimes if you really gotta address something quickly, Works well in that situation. Yeah, I mean, synthetics are straight up in the ionic usable form. So as soon as they touch, they just water-soluble, they touch the plant root, and whatever touches that plant root, the root absorbs and uses right away. It knows exactly what to do with that that, that nutrient. Exactly. And, I mean, being, you know, Jason here, to it's really making sure the organic nutrients are available at the right time to the plant. you got to take time to learn the strain you're growing what the, how hungry the plant is, um, how much then I know I will top dress, you know, X amount of a guano in addition to my liquid nutrients. Maybe one is a little bit more hungry for phosphorus, so I'll put on more of a high phosphorus guano on that plant, but still be watering the same amount of liquid nutrients into that plant as I am the other plants. And plan ahead. Think ahead, man. You're going to need at least a full two weeks to flush out when you have, you know, a, a, an organic living soil. It's like, hard to flush anything out, too, man, because those bacteria, they stick into the soil. Like I said, they're nature's slow release. Once they're in there, it's hard to get them out. Man. Yeah, so if, I'd recommend it's always underdoing it with organics. I mean, just like with synthetics is um, is always better. So, you know, organics is what's definitely going to give you guys flavor 
and aroma and what it's going to put you over um and this is an argument here but it's going to put your herb over what an hydro grower can do in my opinion in my IMO IMHO you know what I w- was a hydro grower a good hydro grower that was getting weight and when I come here I came here I almost immediately switched when I came to Colorado because yeah there was just no soul in the in in the weed you know there wasn't a lot of flavor in it people tasted it I was growing with GH3 part people would taste it and say it tasted salty yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, and, you, and that's what talking about that saltiness. I mean, you, you got to flush more as well if you guys are going to be watering um, synthetics into a soilless mix because you're going to get the buildup and you're going to get a hot growing medium towards growing organically. I mean, you can get a make sure you get a little runoff organically, but I don't ever, I won't say ever, but I rarely fully flush the hell out of my plants as if I, if I were using a, a chemical based nutrient, I'd be doing it weekly. And I'm oh, talking gallons I, of runoff, you know. I never flush with can of cocoa. It's, a, it's a cocoa-based nutrient, man. I mean, I, no, I try to tell my friends to start, you know, get off the cheap stuff, you know? Yeah. Everybody wants to use GH3 part because it's really inexpensive, but it's salty, and it causes problems, especially with cocoa. Cocoa has a problem with salt buildup. So you don't really see, like, the shit building up too bad in the bottom. If, you, if you've just harvested, you know, and you pull your root ball out and – don't have too much of the white crusty leftover nutrient on the container or roots or just seems less salty than other ones. Yeah, nada, man. No, no nice. problems to report. Yeah. I've been using this shit for years now, you know. And the other cool thing, you guys, if you want to be, I'm all for if you want to be an organic and a synthetic grower, there's cool new products like I believe Aurora Innovations has uh, Soul Synthetics. And their products are straight up mixed with, you know, the first ingredients are guanos, and then they get into some of the synthetic nitrogen and phosphorus. So they're trying to give it all to you in one bottle. And I'm fine with that. The only, you know, just make sure you get the proper flush on whatever you're using, and, like, you're going to be stoked at the end. Plant These plants love the guanos. I mean, great for flavor, aroma, bud swell, you know, et cetera. So I recommend trying both. Dial in your uh, – go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there's so many simple organic components that you can add to a synthetic base. A synthetic base, like I said, is your – I call it your steak and potatoes. It's your basic building blocks. And then you add these organic components, something like fish, which fish is just loaded with the enzymes you were talking about earlier. Uh, uh, Guanos are just – they just pack the flavor. I don't even know what the hell's in guanos. I know it's bat shit from a cave, but all I know is, man, when you use that Budswell, oh my god, the flavor comes out of your weed, definitely. You know, yeah, so- you're reminding me of another tip. You're talking about the fish. Um, I like to alternate, guys. When you're in flowering, alternating between um, an organic base and a fish base. Like Medi One from Green Green Planet is a fish base. Gen Organics has. Um, liquid, man, it was squid for a while and then it was something else. But they have a fish base, general organics, so I'll water that in for one session and then I'll go back to my base bloom. And it really just, I think, gives the character to the flowers and definitely the freaking essential oils, aroma, all that, all that goodness. Do we lose you, Scotty? I agree with you more. And also, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you know, you just came back in. You're just out oh. for a second. Sorry, no sorry. What's up? No worries. Uh, yeah, I just find you get the flavors, and you, it's a little bit easier to grow the plant. The plant is a little bit less reactive than I want to say it gives you a buffer. When you start using all these organics and you start using, I'm going to call the soil microbes organics as well, well, 
you you get this buffer where you it's it's a little bit harder to burn your plants. Your plants become a little bit less sensitive to every little thing you're dropping on there, and it's because they have that protection of all the all, all that uh, uh, living soil beneficials. I do believe yeah. that. Yeah, and if you're an organic grower like you're saying, man, you you got to be using uh, beneficials, and I'd be using a wide spectrum of them if I could. You know, just basically, you know, all the bacteria and everything we've been talking about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty. I'll, I'll end this question with, you know, I as well, I found a product. I'm trying to figure out this tricantinol, uh, which is a der- derived from alfalfa or beehive waste, whatever that may be. But it, it's, uh, from what I've read, fairly natural. Anybody can chime in and educate me, of course, on the, on the chat here. But it's in a product called Master from Green Planet, and I definitely see results when I use it. And that's definitely a synthetic product. So I, I mean, I use it at half strength. Only during, you know, about three waterings, but I just can't get away from it because I really love what some of these synthetics do. And as long as I'm flushing them out at the end, I'm, I'm totally down. I'm not worried about it. I was thinking about what you said, derived from natural products, and I bet you cyanide is derived from natural products. <laughs> you are right. And I mean, maybe <laughs> napalm as well. Right. As well as anthrax. <laughs> All right, let's finish up uh, this last question here quickly, and then we'll come back with what's going on in our grows um, before we put the show in the bag. Uh, Last question here from Jason. How will growing organically affect how I measure pH and PPMs? Well, forget the PPMs, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't see any way that PPMs are going to register properly. Yeah, I mean, don't even worry about the PPMs. Um, Even on these products, when sometimes I'll use a sole synthetic product, which has some synthetics and organics in it i still don't measure the ppms you just really start low you know if it recommends 15 milliliters per gallon put in five get to get to know what your plant wants right right. um and so as as far as ph goes i mean me and you might differ on this but i don't ph uh organics yeah and it's tough for me i mean right right in the instructions guys on general organics when you go by their little go box it says you know don't worry about don't worry about pH. It's not important. You know, just have a quality water source, water it right in because all the soil microbes are going to do the work for you, not your pH. So, and I tried that for a bit, and you know what? My results weren't bad, but it's just been etched in my brain so long as a grower. I'm, I'm always watering in at that 6.2 to like 7 at the highest. And, uh, yeah, that's how I roll is I do pH regardless if it's organics or chemical, but you don't have to if you can't, you know, get a fancy pen. I typically, typically you do need a fancy pen, guys, if you're going to try and pH organics, because whatever you're mixing up in your nutrient solution is going to turn that water like muddy river water. And um, I mean, not in every case, but you can't use little test strips with a little li- cheap liquid kit. It's really hard to do a color test with measuring organics pH. So true, true, definitely. Yeah, I've tried to be cheap and have that little the little liquid drops you buy for ten bucks. And yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that don't work either. Alrighty, dude, let's, uh, well, I'm dude, sorry, alrighty, Scotty. See, I'm calling dude, dudes, and Scotty's dudes, and man. <laughs> let's take a <laughs> I break. Seen, I seen, you know, I was watching a football game a couple of days ago, and this guy Brent Musburger comes on, pretty famous dude, and he read the other guy's teleprompter, and he introduced himself as the other guy, and the other guy is him. It was the most amazing <laughs> thing I'd ever seen in my life, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Heck, yeah. Right on, right on. Um, well, yeah, let's come back, guys. We got what's going on in our grows still, um, and a few other minor, minor things to cover here on the, uh, man, 10th, 9th. I think this is the 9th episode of Dude Grow Show. Yeah, man. 
and uh, still in its infancy here. We're always going to be improving for you. Um, and just, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of work for uh, guys that got other work to get this work done. But it's awesome sharing all this to get you guys to grow your own. And we're going to try and take as many questions as we can. And eventually, I, we keep saying we, we're going to have a call in. you got to um, get a phone, dude. you got to get a phone, man. Yeah, did anybody know how we get a phone up in here? All right, I'm going to talk to the producer about that. Let's go have a quick producer recreating meeting, Scotty. Let's do it, man. <laughs> this is where great ideas are born. We'll be right back, guys. DudeGrows.com. This is uh, Scotty from... See, I'm reading the wrong teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this is Scotty from Real Growers. All right, That's, I did it. I am the dude. <laughs> be back, guys. We've got to get our minds straight. We used to talk about what bulb to go with, the Plant Max or the Hortolux or Ushio, and I mean, I think now it's done if you're a Colorado grower. $60,000 watt Hortolux is over at Way to Grow, dude. Say, hey, I'm, I want to use Dude Grow's account. I want to get that $60 deal on the 1,000 watt Hortoluxes. Another badass hookup. Tell that to the guys in California, and uh, that's cheaper than 500 light guys can buy them for. Just stock up on the Hortolux. It's a fucking no-brainer. Yo, why don't you go get that good shit? You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. Yeah, that's the shit. finish up just a couple points on the tail end of our organic conversation there i know you have some information on this too some people out there guys we're talking organic we're not talking omri um i think there's a california certification as well that's entirely different from uh omri organic i've also heard people talk the state of california is strict as hell when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah i heard like their labeling is even stricter than omri and then other people talk trash about omri saying you know that they're not even that stringent um, for some of their labeling, but it sure as heck costs a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not that they're not that stringent. I just don't know that uh, that they do a ton of of enforcement of it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but they, they just there's definitely some beefs with Omri. Um, 
I don't know. I don't want to talk no smack, actually. <laughs> no, I hear you. I just I, I want you guys to understand. I'm picking products. I just went down into the grow, grabbed a couple bottles. Um, I forgot to mention earlier another product I really like is the Fox Farm um, Big Bloom, which right on the label it says natural and organic, uh, mainly derived from earth castings, earthworm castings, and bat guano, but also has a little bit of insoluble uh, and water-soluble nitrogen in it. And uh, let's see, what else is in here? Bat and seabird guano, rock phosphate, sulfate, Norwegian kelp. So I really like that product. Again, it's not fully organic. Um, and another product, I wanted to tell you guys what was in the BioThrive Bloom. Now, General Organics, even though it's called General Organics, has no you know official organic certification, to my no, knowledge. That's true. And then you, put, you just put up a note, something about in California um, – Something about 50% organic make can be legally called organic? Yeah, uh, yeah. what is it? Uh, organically based, I believe is what – I don't have the note in front of me, but I think it's organic. Oh, yeah, yeah based. organic based. Yeah, yeah. So even if it's only 50% organic, it can be sure. called organic. That's, that's fair and enough. Just FYI, natural is completely unregulated. I mean, you can call almost anything natural. There's no regulating body about natural products, so. Like you can just get some natural meth if you exactly, like? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, I go with my gut. Uh, I'll finish up with this BioThrive Bloom from General Organics. Um, when I read it, you know, it has alfalfa meal, loving it, copper sulfate, ferric sulfate. I don't know what kisserite is. Magnesium sulfate, molasses, rock sulfate. So a bunch of good stuff um, derived from cane sugar, humic acid. Also contains 2% seaweed. Everything should have some seaweed. But what I'm getting at is I spoke to the rep on this, and he's like, look, you know, we could make it fully Omri not fully worth it to us, um, and it needs to have a stable shelf life. So I think they put, I guess I'd call it some preservatives or maybe some type of preservative acid in here to keep it, you know, stable for at least a year on the shelf, which is not easy to do with no, organics. No, definitely not. And much respect to them for getting it all together in a bottle. I've used General Organics. Yeah. And the flavor is great. You know, and, exactly. yeah, and I mean, it's easy to use, too. What is it, two, three bottles is maybe what you need to use? Oh, for their line, yeah, at, at the, a time, I mean, minimum. At a time, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe two at the most minimum. I've seen a grower use the BioThrive Bloom as a one part and did uh, pretty decent. Right. So, um, and the other one, just because I forgot, uh, Mighty Growth Enhancer is what I had from CX Hydroponics at eleven zero zero on the MPK, and it's a pretty cool nitrogen and calcium booster, which is basically calcium nitrate and ammonium nitrate. But, uh, man, it did the trick for my deficiency. So I just wanted to wrap it up in case people are like, hey, what the hell? These guys aren't talking about fully organic stuff. And, no, we're talking about the full realm. Yeah, I mean, I'm no expert at fully organic because uh, I'm a, pretty much come from a commercial background where I'm about the yield. I'm about growing monsters and getting my trees, you know? Hell, yeah. Let's get some hardeners up in there. <laughs> All right, that's a joke. All right, anyway, let's go on. What's going on in your grove? This is the segment, What's Going On in Our Groves? Um, Scotty, what do you got uh, going on in here? You know, man, I did do uh, some trimming. I did some thinning and trimming, and it's actually looking really good. Did it a few days ago. Just all the anything that wasn't going to amount to anything, some you know, any of those real small branches that are coming up, taking a bunch of nutrition but being hidden by you know by the canopy. I cut them out. You know, it took me a couple hours. I actually uh, been doing that. I, went, I did it in, in vegetative, where the plants are just going to get into flowering in a couple weeks, and then I actually went into my flowering. And uh, plants were about yeah to, about yep. three weeks in, and I did. I saw all that that larf, you know, just that it just wasn't going to be anything, and uh, just trimmed it out. Spent a few hours in there. 
Yeah, I find if you're really in tune with the garden, I mean, you're trimming easily once every 10 days. I even, you know, I finish up my, my trimming it towards a month into flowering. Not a lot, but I'm still picky, man. I go through there and, like you said, get rid of that crap that, you know, I don't want to trim later. I'd rather go up to the top flowers with that Hell flower. Hell yeah. I will tell you a story about what happened in my garden. I went and put float valves on everything and made it just tight, tight. And I was so excited. Ran three-eighth inch poly right to a water line, right from my tall boy filter. Just really did the extra work. You know, I thought I was doing the extra work to make it really nice. Uh, the point I want to make is that don't ever think <laughs> that you can have a grow room where water will never go on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was I did all this. I walked up to get a beer, came back down about 15 minutes later, and there was water everywhere. I had ran all the poly line, but just wouldn't you know, one of these fittings actually was defective and popped out and, you know, so with that tip, you, you always assume water's going to be on the floor. Do you remember the first grow room you helped me set up way back in the day? Uh, it was in an upstairs bedroom. Maybe. <laughs> and, and that was a hydroponic setup. And at one point, I remember chilling in the basement with a roommate. And all of a sudden, you know, we're having a beer, just talking about the oh, day. No. Hey, Brett, what? why is that – Uh, why is there water – coming through your vent there and that was the res you know we're up there we were filling up the res of course you go burn a bowl whatever totally forgot about it flooded the hell out of the room drywall damage water coming through the vent but yeah that is a great point man if by all means assume you're gonna flood somehow especially if you're doing yeah and i ain't saying you can't do it in an upstairs bedroom you certainly can but you've got to line the entire floor if you're going to grow in an up you know in a residential upstairs just go buy yourself some pond liner you can get 150 dollars get you i think a 17 by 20 piece of you know single piece of just rubberized you know real thick yeah you know, exactly and you just put that down there and that's your floor uh, you can do anything you want after that. You've got yourself a little, a little bathtub you've just made. Hell yeah. And then, and then you, weren't you telling me you got something going on with Autoflower? Yeah, genetics? you know, I've got a friend that, What's up friend that's that? a breeder. It was Christmas time. He hooked me up with a couple flow seeds, which I was really excited about. And then a whole handful of these Autoflower seeds. So a couple at a time, I'm going through them. Uh, he, he gave me this one that I actually looked up. It was, uh, what did I tell you? It was Dutch Passion Auto Extreme. And supposedly yep. this thing, 70 days after you plant the seed, you've got yourself a big fat plant, you know, a finished plant. You know, you got a sativa dominant at that. So pretty exciting. Yeah, now see, I like that. Now, if any breeders or anybody's listening that can take care of this problem in colorado outdoors we're always trying to finish because you know weather's coming hail's coming frost is coming something's going to happen that's going to screw with your crop so the autoflower to me sounds like a great idea except i like to grow really big plants i mean we all have plant counts we need to stick to on the legal side of things so you know what i read about the autoflowers and i think they're working on it um two things one you're going to plant it in a container you want to finish in. Like They like the roots like room to go because when they start to get root bound, that can be another signal to, to them, I think, to auto flower too soon potentially. Um, and I think you said that uh, – what's the name of that again that you just mentioned? Auto flower uh, – Auto extreme is what they're calling it from Dutch Passion. Auto extreme. Yeah, I looked on that one a little bit. I think those are at the most – getting up to maybe four foot tall. So, like, I would love to see, and I'm asking probably for too much from nature here, but, yeah, autoflower get, you know, I want, like, a seven-foot tall plant, um, 
Christmas tree style that, you know, I, I can't, that's not going to happen though in 70 to 80 days, or what, 70 yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty, pre- be a pretty extreme plant. <laughs> You'd be out there, you could literally watch it grow. Um, but that is sweet. I'd like to hear how that does. You're going to do one of those autoflowers in the indoor Yeah, grow? I've actually got it going. I popped it last week. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to hear uh, how big you could get it. Maybe try and put it in a big pot from the get-go, like at least a seven-gallon, see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to do that. And the same day I did the uh, popped the autoflower, I turned my CO2 up, just banged it up to 1,500 parts per million. And uh, you can feel it feels different in there now. <laughs> <laughs> just banged it up. Yeah. Well, no, it was, it was at twelve hundred already. But I just, yeah, I, I believe the fifteen hundred parts per million is the optimal. Like that's when you know they're just getting as much as they can possibly use. I think of the athletes on the sidelines with the pure oxygen they're breathing. You know. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Don't stress out, guys, if you can't get to fifteen hundred parts per million. I mean, even doubling. What's just in the atmosphere is going to do your plants great. You know, going from 400 to 800, yeah. you really just want to. You, know, you have a burner, I, correct? I have a Scotty? burner hooked up to, uh, you know, the natural gas, you know, at the place, so I never run out. But yeah. Yeah, so you can play with that a little bit more, not worrying about too many trips to the grocery store. But I store. did see a difference. I had mine about 750, you know, but it was about 350, and it went from 350 to 750, and I saw a big difference in the way the plants reacted. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, yeah, like you said, you could just see the performance coming in because they're breathing, they're able to breathe all they need. I like it. Um, definitely, guys, if you're going to get into the CO2, just uh, make sure everything else in your grow is tight first. It's really the last thing you want to spend some decent money on before all the other important factors in front of it, between air movement and cooling, etc. IMO. Um, man, is that, can I can I tell what's going on in my grow? Hell's jazz, man. What you got, brother? mentioned earlier um the nitrogen efficiency snuck on me you know feeding uh with a lot of organic grow materials between guanos and the alfalfa from uh, biothrive grow and then like the 30th day in the flower it just really you know started showing itself more and i was like shit i gotta get on this now i definitely can't be adding much nitrogen you know much longer than the 30th day of flowering so that's when i went to the synthetics and i did a a soaking of maybe two and a half to three waterings with that mighty growth enhancer. Um, and I'm seeing it. It's like the fourth day. But what I didn't mention, I totally skipped it. It's like, wait a minute, foyer feed these guys. Spray these babies down. Some people, a month into flowering, they, like, refuse to spay, spray their flowers with anything, which is kind of ridiculous. But I saw a result. I just mixed up some kelp, um, did two or three sprays with kelp, took them out from under the HID lights, of course, and let that kelp soak in, and you could also see about, I'd say, at least a 15% improvement in leaf color from that as well, immediately, though. That's what's cool about spraying your plants. Yeah, I did a foliar just last week, and I used the fogger. I love that thing. I mean, it literally it goes on almost dry. It's weird, you know, those particles. Yeah, the fog master. Yeah, you've got to put your hand in front of it to make sure stuff's coming out, you know, and then your hand finally gets wet if you just leave it in front of there, but it's crazy. Yeah, I do got to get one of those. I'm yeah, and I heard this. about the fog that it's like that. Why I say it's almost dry is because that it's such a small particle that there's a ton of air around it, you know. So it ends up being this, you know, what like like a dry fog they call it. It's really a trip, you know. Sounds like it almost eliminates the need for wetting agents. It's just applying it so you know fine fine mistish. Fucking a man, fucking a. <laughs> Shit, what else is going on in my grow, guys? I mean, uh, I, that's about it right now. Um, 
it's obviously fluctuating here and there with the extreme cold in Colorado going from single digits to 60 at times. That gets kind of crazy. But condensation all over my lights from pulling that cold air in from the outside. That's a bitch. Yeah, once once the single digits come down, it's yeah things change up even in a sealed grow. So um, yeah, let's get ready to put this in the bag. Uh, I think we had a good grower segment there for you guys. If you're liking it, send in questions. I already got more questions for uh, the next show we're going to cover. Hell yeah, I actually threw a, a growers questions uh, link up on my on my real growers page. So if you go to realgrowers.com, you want to throw me a, a growers question, I just might answer it, man. Nice, yeah, and then uh, yeah, we'll we'll get on the call-ins here. Got a couple interviews um, actually coming. One already recorded. We're gonna have an HVAC pro discussing from indoor closets to hundred light warehouses. How to keep that shit under control with humidity and cooling. Um, what else is coming up? You got any surprises? Know, things definitely seem to be growing organically. That's for sure, man. Getting a lot of positive feedback. We definitely appreciate it, and uh, I'm enjoying the shit out of doing this, man. Yeah, guys, we're on iTunes. Just look for Dude Grows. Uh, same as Beyond Pod for your Android devices. All of them are on YouTube. Uh, just go to dudegrows.com. You'll find all the podcasts as well as all the videos. And, yeah, if you're interested in any sponsorship of the show, of course, get in touch with Dude Grows at Gmail. We are uh, starting to work with some people and get some products that we want to test and shit we believe in. That will always be my promise. If you hear an advertisement on this show for any products, it's because I've used it, Scotty's used it, we love it, and it's going to help your indoor yeah, garden. Yeah, definitely. If we can share what we know, what's working for us, and we can share with you all, then, then everybody's cool. Right on, guys. Well, thanks for checking out the Dude Grows Show with Scotty Real. And Dude Grows read the right teleprompters that time. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be coming at you shortly. We had a slight, slight hiccup there with the new year and the holidays, but well, we're almost back on at full speed here. And keep your uh, ears up for the next one. Episode 10 will be out. Hell soon. yeah. Loving it, man. Loving it. All right. Take it easy, Scotty. See you guys soon. In the bag, dude.
You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. 